Before lunch, I mentioned about Siddhikapa Sutra. That is a line written in the Siddhikapa Sutra saying that if you donate one, you have 10,000 fold in return. And then another question may arise in the mind. So that would be good if I donate one, I will have 10,000. That's more than a fair deal. <laughs> but if you think that way, you'll have attachment. When you donate, you don't attach to return because you want 10,000 fold back that you want to donate. It's out of your compassion, out of your, your consideration that you want to donate, or not because you want it back. That's very important. No attachment. Do not attach to it. Even if you don't attach to it, it comes back in 10,000 fold. Because there's causality. In various sutras of causality, which means effect and cause, what effects will lead to what cause, it always mentioned that. Those who were multi-billionaires in this lifetime, they were usually philanthropists in their previous lives. They, gave, they always gave out. Uh, sometimes when I come to think of it, I said, yes, that's very, very logical. If they donate, say, a million dollars 50 years ago, if you take the inflation index into account, there's more than one million. How many times? Maybe a hundred million, two hundred million, plus the interest. So it's just logical and fair. But don't attach, no attachment when you're making donations. First question, why are there no med meditation classes until February the 8th? Because we'll have the Chinese New Year coming up. And the Chinese New Year is supposed to be a very huge celebration. On the Chinese New Year's Eve, there will be, I don't know, 10,000 people coming. Uh, the parking lot will be all packed with cars. Now, after listening to me talking about the Chinese New Year, if you think, gee, maybe I should come in to take a look to see if reference really told me to say the right thing, then uh, you better forget it because you probably cannot turn in. The whole Stevenson Highway will be blocked up and there will be policemen directing traffic inside and you may have to wait. So uh, maybe on that day you have to park a little far out in the off streets if you can't park in here and you walk in here. So that's preparation for the Chinese New Year. That's the reason why we need a lot of time. And also we have the more or less like a flea market. We have a lot of stores for selling gifts a lot of New Year's gifts, Buddhist items, calligraphy, and many, many various things. So we have a market there. Every year we make use of the market to uh, collect a little bit of donation to support the operation of the temple. So that's the time when we operate a market to sell, to sell gift items that we can collect donations from various sources. So we really look upon that, that market as something, a very important event in which not only for celebration, but also for building up our fund in the maintenance and operation of the temple. So that's the reason why we have all these three weeks in preparation and three weeks of um, celebration. And also on the New Year's Eve this year, I got a call from someone, a, a political um, in-between, something like that, yeah, yeah, eight political, he called me and said, um, our leader would like to come to your temple on New Year's Eve. Um, I said, oh, is that, is that true? What, what's your, who's, what's the name of your leader? 
Trudeau. What? I, I, I don't know. I never studied, I didn't study politics. I don't have time for politics. And he said, Justin. Oh, Justin? Oh, he's, he's Pierre Trudeau's son. So he's coming on New Year's Eve to, to pay respect to the Buddha and um, he will be offering his first incense for the Chinese New Year, the Justin Trudeau. And um, he may make a five minute speech. I said, yeah, five minute speech, but hopefully no politics. Because we are, because we are, we are, we are detached from politics. We're not one-sided. We're only supporting government that will produce a fair, just, equitable, healthy, compassionate society in which there's no crime. That's our ideal, that's our utopia. And um, we only support government that would give happiness to people. We don't support government that would create sovereign for people. So monks are not attached to any politics. Um, but don't get me wrong, there are monks too who, um, who pay attention to politics. And don't get me wrong that they are wrong. What's wrong with politics? Nothing wrong with politics, only wrong with our mind. Politics, there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's the mind of the person who exercised the politics that make it right or wrong. And I, I sometimes just talk, I, I think in that way. I don't know whether I would speak first before Justin Trudeau or speak later. Because a politician comes, what kind of speech? That makes me nervous too. <laughs> what, should, what should be the content of my speech? I can't say I don't like the Liberal Party. On the other hand, I can't say I support the other party. I don't even know how many parties are there. So. I have to find a way to, to be standing aloof from politics. Not so much aloof that I make myself superior because that, look at that monk, he's not talking about politics, but he's all talking about all by himself or about his Buddhist teaching. No, I have to be very careful. This year, my speech is going to be two minutes, <laughs> not going to be five minutes. <laughs> what does the banging of the wooden plaques symbolize during walking meditation? It has a lot of meaning. One of, the, one of the many meanings is, hurry back. You're in the washroom, better come back now for the meditation. People like to loiter around, like to chat, like to, like to talk about yesterday, what happened, about a party. Don't talk about that anymore. Come back to meditation. So the planking is to hurry up and come back. Why don't we put it this way? The planking will also remind you that this is a meditation period not for you to socialize, for you to meditate, to get enlightenment. So the planking has a lot of meaning in it. All right, that answers these two questions. Next question, how do I know that my loved one went to the Pure Land when he died? Whether a person, a dying person, whether he's going to the Pure Land or not, not there are so many indirect indications as written in sutras. One of the indications is the dying patient knows what date, sometimes what time, they will be departing from this world. Sometimes they may not be sick. Sometimes they just, they just say, um, next week, uh, I'm, I'm going. 
And the wife said, where are you going? I'm going to Amitabha's Pure Land. Is that so? You're crazy. You're healthy and next week you're going to the Pure Land? Yes. I already have indication from my dream. I already have been informed that I will be going there. When? On Thursday. What time? Maybe about noon time. So really on Thursday about noon time, he's sitting up in his bed, cross leg, and then he's gone. No sickness. There are a lot of cases like that. Written, written in cases of being, being reborn in the Pure Land, in Chinese. Jing Tu Sheng Xian Lu. A memoir of all the different cases of people who were reborn in the Pure Land. Hundreds of these cases since many, many dynasties before. Now, one indication is he knows exactly the time of death and he's not sick. Another indication is, yeah, he's dying and on the verge of, of death, a glow of light appeared at the window, near his, like a halo near his head. And it lasts for about three seconds, four seconds. Some people see it. That's an indication. There is um, a temple on uh, Commercial Street, yeah, Commercial Street. On Commercial Street, just opposite the, 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 the cinema, there was a temple. Um, it is called Donglin Monastery. And that is a subsidiary temple of a main parent temple of Dongnin Monastery in Hong Kong, which had a history of at least 100 years. The, the pioneer of that monastery was a woman, Mrs. Ho. That's about in the 1920s and 1930s. Um, the wife of a very rich, one of the, the richest men in Hong Kong in the 1920, from 1920 to 1950s, Mr. Mr. Ho, Ho Dong. And his wife donated a lot of money and donated a lot of efforts to, to build a monastery in, uh, in Hong Kong. And he, I think she passed away at about 80 something, I, don't, I forgot. And when, when she was at the verge of death, she was passing away, a glow of light appeared on her halo. When she was sleeping on the bed and see a glow of light, and many, many people see the glow of light. When the glow of light departed from, from her body, it went out from the window and it's gone. Many people see it. Now that's an indication of being reborn in the Buddha land or in the pure land. And in other cases, there may be special frequency around. A kind of frequency that is not like the frequency you can smell uh, from manufacturers, the best manufacturers of perfume, not from perfume frequency. A special kind of frequency that is not easily found in anywhere, but you can smell it. And, and on, on the words of death, there, around the room, there's a certain frequency or a certain kind of music, celestial music, sounding, like a vibrating fork, like a special kind of celestial music. And many, many of these indications would indicate that where he goes. So many of these features, and, and also as far as the body is concerned, um, if after that dying patient is gone, after maybe one or two hours, the whole body is cold, no, no warmth, no heat. But the top of the head still have 
some heat showing in there. And if you put a piece of cloth, a damp cloth, on his head, you may find a little bit of steam in there. That means the heat still on the top of the head. That means his consciousness left the body on the top of the head. Because when, when a person passes, passes away, the consciousness will leave the body, the alaya consciousness will leave the body. And it leaves the body through, seven pla through six places. Through six locations, the heat will leave the body within eight hours. Where the heat leaves the body the last, that's the location where you feel the warmth. Because look at it, if this is, this, if this is a, a, a rod, uh, a good con conductor of heat, if this all burn up, if every part of this rod, uh, uh, the burning rod is already cold, this part is still a little bit of warm in it. That means the heat leaves this part the last. You know that, right? After one or two hours, if you put a, your hand very softly or put a cloth, you know that there's still heat in here. That means that person's gone to the pure land. Because his consciousness, his alive consciousness, leaves his body on the top. If, after two or three hours, the whole body is cold, and you push piece, if you put a piece of damp cloth at the bottom of his feet, and you find that the heat leaves the body from his soles, the bottom of the feet, that person goes down to hell, to the hell land, the hell realm. If every part of the body is cold, if the heat leaves the kneecaps, the last, that person will be reborn in the animal realm. If the consciousness leaves the body from the abdomen, the ghost realm, he goes down to the ghost realm. If he leaves the body from the stomach, from the chest, he goes down to the human realm. If it goes from the eyes, from this part of the eyes, it goes down to the heaven realm. But the heaven realm is the ultimate place to go because the heaven realm, you enjoy happiness much more than here, but you still have to die. So heaven is not the ultimate way to go. It's not a non-retrogressive location. Not, it's different from the pure land, from the land of bliss of Amitabha, where you don't retrogress into reincarnation. What qualifies you to be reborn in heaven? You have done all kinds of good deeds. Your energy, your karma rose you into heaven because you have done all kinds of good deeds. But after you have enjoyed the happiness that you deserve, you still have to come back down to reincarnation. In some instances, people who have direct experiences uh, related this to me, if a dying patient passes away, if his family members is conscientiously and fervently chanting Namo Amitavo, Namo Amitavo for eight hours, it may have reminded the dying patients that he should let go of the world, that he should be reborn in the pure land, that he should be chanting and concentrate in the Amitabha's, Amitabha's image and the image of the pure land, then whatever you concentrate on at the verge of death will be the place to go to. Because of a lot of reminders, reminding people surrounding you, reminding you, do not create any wandering thoughts. Concentrate in the pure land. That's the place that you should go. Let go of your body. Don't attach to your family. Don't attach to your goal, your treasures, your house. No more of those attachments. 
go to the pure land. And especially if you are the relatives, if you are the son, the daughters, the mom, or whatever, and if the dying patient is in blood related to you, and mind to mind, this mind to mind transmission is very strong that he may be able to communicate to you what he or she thinks. She may think, oh good, I'm going now to the Pure Land. Uh, thank you very much and uh, this is the place that you should come to finally. Join me later. This is the place I'm going. Sometimes they can, com they can communicate back to you. You have that feeling. How do you know that you have that feeling? Because as you chant, you feel more and more joy in you. Usually when you are chanting, at the bedside of a dying patient, you have nothing but grief. Look, my mom is dying. I'm grief-stricken. I'm crying. You know, when you are chanting, someone is departing from this world, you feel grief-stricken. You feel very sad. But if you are chanting and you feel more and more joy in you, that means something. At least that person will be reborn in a very good location. Otherwise, you won't feel the joy. Because feelings can be, can be transmitted. So if I look at you and you look at me, for example, Bunny look at me and I look at Bunny. If Bunny knit his bra her brow and looked very in confused and he didn't like it, I can see from her face. This is a body language communication. But for a dying patient, there's no body language communication. There's only a mindful communication. And mindful communications can be very strong especially when you lose all your senses, the more senses you lost, the more mindful you become. You know what? I want to repeat this. The more senses that you lost, the more mindful you become. Have you ever seen any movies <laughs> like um, a Japanese movie, The Blind uh, Samurai? Zatoichi, The Blind Swordsman. He's all blind. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't fight. But it's the best samurai. Why? He couldn't see. He's blind. But because he couldn't see, he develops his, the most acute hearing. He can hear how the sword is slashed towards him. And he also developed smell, sense of smell. He can smell whether you are a man or a woman. And also, sometimes, if he closes his smelling sense, he can, he can even mindfully know what you think. So when all your senses are shut down, you become more mindful. So don't worry about it when you, your eyesight is not that clear. Yeah. <laughs> you become more mindful. So, uh, so I don't know what else I can tell you. Okay, next question. Would you speak about living our lives with more equanimity and not attaching to good feelings and not so good feelings? That means speaking about attachments. Why do I summarize it? What did we learn from the Buddhist teaching? We asked ourselves, what have we make up of? We say the body and mind. You, me, everybody is make up of two things your body and mind. Your body is material. You make up of the heart, the skin, the bone, the hair, the 36 different organs and everything together. That's what we make up of, 36 
36 different matters, we call it that way. But that's just the material. How about a mind? You make up of the mind, right? The body, the mind. The body is only a means of interacting with the outside world. When you interact with the outside world, you use the senses, which is your body. Your senses by themselves do not differentiate. It's your mind that differentiates. So in other words, when your eyes see, your eyes do not know the language. When my eyes see the flower, the eyes itself do not know that flower is flower. Because they, they only identify the image. They don't have the power to know the names. Which part of the senses that you have that have all the names, the language, all the training, all the music, all the mathematics, all the everything, what is that? That is in your sixth consciousness, your mano's consciousness. That mano consciousness is responsible for two things, generally speaking. Doing good things and doing bad things. When all your senses are interacting with the outside world, and you're being carried away by them, in your perception, you're in trouble. As I always make an example, right now I'm, I, this Quan Chang, this monk, is meditating in here. I'm meditating in here, and I'm at peace. I have equanimity. I'm not thinking of bad, good, discrimination, nothing. I have my concentration, I have my samadhi, and I don't differentiate. I am at my present moment. I'm here, I'm now. I'm not impurified. I'm at peace. And then suddenly I smell some perfume. And I saw this lady coming through the door. I want to open my eyes. I oh, this what is this doing? Oh, this lady. Oh, what a beautiful lady. And then it triggers some thought in my liar consciousness. And then I say, oh, this lady. Why would I be attracted by the lady's look? Because in my consciousness, there are seats in there. Seats of sensuality that I have brought forward from all my previous life. They're sitting in there triggering. They're sitting in there moving. And I am at peace now because I learned to be mindful. I'm a monk, I learned to meditation, I've been doing good, I'm, a, I'm able to control my, my field of seats. I have a whole vastness, acreage of seats that have, have all these sensual, seats of sensuality in them. They will be triggered any time. Seats that contain many, many things, some good and some bad. So when something come, comes in, my peace modus have been carried away and, and my perception goes that way. I'm being carried away. I lost my peace for the present moment. So at the present moment, I'm not at peace. For the present moment, I have no equanimity. So that's the reason why we always say, you have to find peace right now, here and now, now. Don't be carried away. Because when you go to the outside world, not in this meditation room, every second you're carried away. You're driving your car, uh, here comes a man, here comes a woman, here comes some yelling at you, do you know how to drive, da 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 da, and here comes, and I'm thinking about partying, oh, my next appointment is at white, at white spot, at 12, now it's 12.30, so I'm going to be late, I'm going to pick up a story, I'm going to lie, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that. So you, you, you are creating all kinds of thoughts 
that are, that are really destroying your peace. You lost your peace in the meditation hall. What is an enlightened person? Every fraction of a second, he's at peace. He's not carried away by all these outer environments. But we are not. Our eyes, our ears, our nose, our taste, our touch, every one of our senses being carried away every second of the time. That's why we are called sentient beings and not the Buddha. The Buddha said, come home with your perception. Go back home to the, to the house of peace, to the house of tranquility, to the house of compassion. Find peace there. And this peace is with you. You don't have to look for it. Don't look for the peace. Just come home. Just come home. You don't go anywhere to look for it. Don't go to the temple to look for peace. Don't go to the meditation hall to look for peace. You already have it. You don't recognize it. You don't know about it. You refuse to know about it because you get carried away. Bring home. Just go home. Go home and don't be carried away. That home is a home of peace. That home is your home of compassion. That home is the home of enlightenment, the home of nirvana. If you're at that, that home every second of the time, they call you the Buddha. But no, every fraction of a second, you are going astray. And the next morning you go to the office and say, okay, what is my memo? Have the secretary type this. Look at this deal. This guy that's cheating me is not signing a fair contract. I'm going to extort some information from him and I'm going to get even with him. I'm going to, this guy, I'm going to get even with him. But this guy, he hasn't paid up for 30 days and he, he claimed that I, I didn't do the repair well. Now I sent a crew of person in there a screw of people in there doing a good job and he say he said I, I i messed up things no i'm going to bring him to court this guy oh my wife called me up she said that i should be at home by five i'm not going to do that this woman does not know anything about business doing business is not going home so every second of it you are not at peace and then somebody say oh i'm studying at a medical school and next year, I'm going to be the doctor. And I'll make $200,000 per year. And I'm going to buy a big mansion. I'm going to buy a Ferrari. And I'm going to have a beautiful wife. And I'm going to have a beautiful family. No, I'm not going to live in Richmond. I'm living in Westwind, Sonnacy. And uh, all kinds of thoughts that, that bring you out of home. Go home, come home. Come home to that peacefulness. That's not what a lot of other monks said. Don't go for look for it. You got it. It's right there. Here and now, it's right there. Don't look for it. If you know it's right there, don't be carried away when you are at home. You're the happiest man on, you're the happiest man or woman on earth. Because whenever you're being carried away, you know how to come home. You don't want to carry away further and further. You don't know how to come home. And sometimes when you get carried away, you could have committed crime. You'll never get back. Some people don't even know that they have a home to come to. They're always looking for a home. They don't know the home is there already. <laughs>